Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Dangerous Rhetoric. Today, we have Mr. Peter Feliciano from the Conservatish podcast. He's also a singer, songwriter, performer, we found out very sure not too long ago. And uh, Daniel and I were really vibing with some of your songs. We were totally vibing. Also, guys, this is episode 31. You forgot to say that. <gasps> I feel like it's like part of our formula now. We have to say the episode number. Don't forget to like, yeah. subscribe, comment. Yes, all that stuff. Share. It does help a lot. Um, channels like ours that are budding and new are definitely being squashed as quickly as possible. I'm sure it's probably the same for Peter's channel. But yeah, so we were vibing to your music earlier. We put on, I would say, four or five songs. They were live, they were live recordings too. And I'm a drummer, so immediately musicians click with me. We're like part of a tribe in a way. And we also look at music differently, I feel like, than people who don't play music. Right. But you sounded great, man. Like to yeah. be able to play guitar like that and to sing at the same time, I know is a really difficult thing. It's a skill. It takes a long time to master that. And man, the horn sections really got me. I was, I'm a sucker for that shit. So awesome. Yeah. My dad actually, the, uh, uh, my dad who's been on my show conservatorship before, he actually did all the horn arrangements because cool. he's been a horn arranger for years, legend uh, in the game. So yeah, he did it for me. Yeah. And you guys were performing, it looked like it was in San Francisco in like 2019. Yeah, that was my album release party. If you haven't, as far as drummers go, you'll like a couple of the tracks on the album itself. We performed some of them, whatever, in the live, you know, or all of them. No, your drummer uh, was killing it. He was good. Yeah, I've, I've, I've been very blessed to have good drummers over the years. Um, yeah, thank you very much for having me on. No problem, man. Yeah. Um, well, Mikey uh, kind of put us on to you, and I think he mentioned uh, you wanted to chat with us too. So we were like, hell yeah, we'd love to chat with him. But you reached out, right, Brent? You... Well, yeah, no, I, we, I bumped into Peter at the, uh, it was like the New York Freedom Rally oh, something okay. or other. Yeah, I missed that, unfortunately. Yeah, no, you were you were doing something for Caitlin, I think. Yes. But that was fun. I still haven't put my, I haven't gone through all my footage yet. I haven't even looked through it. So I have a bunch of footage from that that rally. You're slacking, bro. <laughs> I know. Yeah, you know the gays, they're always so lazy. Yeah, so we're lazy as shit. <laughs> but yeah. It doesn't involve penis or buttholes. And, uh, <laughs> Us degenerates. So how long have you been doing conservatish? Um, I just hit three years. Cool. Here's, uh, we had a 200 epi episode live stream. Uh, Mike was on it. A couple of other guys that are friends of mine. Um, and that was about a month and a half ago. So yeah, it's been, yeah, labor of love. Uh, definitely being squashed, but I actually on my YouTube just hit 900 subscribers, which is pretty pretty cool for me anyway. Hell yeah, yeah. It's great, dude. Yeah, great. and so now I can actually post things to my YouTube. I, I was waiting for that. I was wondering when that could happen. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like you can post like text yeah. pictures instead of just yeah, like posts like statuses. Yeah, so yeah. we'll see. Um, uh, you know, I'm I'm pretty good. I think. Um, I think I'm pretty good with with walking the line between, you know, knowing what's going to get me kicked off immediately and what, you know, and uh, and also I think and maybe this is maybe this is also good for the non liberals uh, 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 or for the uh, freedom likers, um, which is a big a big tent these days um, is I try to I try to uh, uh, write what I'm going to say. And if I know it's going to be a little much. I try to let it sit and then rewrite it and let it sit and rewrite it. And not only does that help because sometimes I get my, you know, punctuation incorrect and all that shit, but also it helps me 
say what I'm actually trying to say instead of just going straight from emotion, you know, fuck you. Everyone who believes this is a cunt, you know, sometimes Uh, I just, I like to do that anyway, (laughs) but no, I I think what you, I think that's a a smart way to go about it. Is you kind of step back a bit and you're like, all right, let me reel the emotions in. Maybe I'll write this out emotionally first. And then instead of just posting it or saying it, right. I'll step back and look back later and be like, yeah, well, I didn't really mean it that much, you know? Right. Yeah. No, I understand. How long, uh, how long have you been in New York? Um, just hit two years. Oh. Yeah. Just hit two years. I was in the Bay area before then. So you're from California. Kind of. I was born in, in Long Island, New York, and I moved out to the Bay area when I was about nine and spent a long time out there. A couple of years in SoCal, a couple of years in Portland, but mostly in the Bay area and then moved out here for the music and comedy connections uh, about two years ago. Cool. And the day after I signed my lease in Manhattan, everything got shut down. So Wow. <laughs> Holy shit. And yeah. I've been trying to pay attention to the universe since then, but it's a little difficult. It's a little yeah. difficult. It's like, okay. I mean, my, my connections keep growing. My relationships keep deepening my, you know, uh, 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 uh my podcast keeps growing, whatever. Um, and also I'm in, I'm in, uh, school for audio production and things like that. But at the same time, it does feel like, okay, at what point is the universe telling me New York is not going to work? You know, it might be time to move on. It might know? be, dude. We had that, pro- I had that yeah. message come in loud and clear. Yeah. Well, look, Mikey too, you know, look what he just went through. And it's not an easy thing, especially for, for someone like him who was born there, raised there. Like that's his home. That's where he's from, you know? Brent isn't from there, but you, you know, you lived in New York city for like 12 years, 11 years, 11 years. years, So that's a large chunk of your life. And by, I mean, by all, and that's, and from what I can tell, that makes you a New Yorker. Right. And it's ingrained in you. And it's like, you're literally leaving your freaking home. So, yeah, well, it's, I mean, it just, it just wasn't the same after the lockdowns, everything sort of fell apart. I was doing, I was basically self-employed. I had like a pretty successful, like Airbnb situation going on in my apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it, tutoring. And well, yeah, it's just tutoring too. But the, uh, the, the, the Airbnb thing was pretty much just like covering the costs, my cost of living. And right. so when that went away, I was like, um, screwed. <laughs> so at, at that point, it was just, it was tragedy. And I had to scramble to figure out what was going to, what we were going to do. Where'd you guys move? We are in Florida. Oh, okay. I have a, I have a friend down here who was kind enough to let us yeah, uh, stay with stay. him. And uh, while we try to get, you know, this off the ground and a bunch of other things, Daniel's into NFTs and, and painting and all that. So I'm trying to <clears throat> really make art my career. And I'm actually trying to give myself a chance for yeah. once in that regard. But before this, I was a substitute teacher for many years. I waited tables too after college. And I don't know. I mean, I thought I was going to get into teaching and yeah, the lockdowns, all the rules changing and just all the, all the shit they're doing to kids. And I just didn't want to be any part of it. I knew I wasn't going to be able to get up there in front of them and like pretend I was okay with all of this, you know? So yeah, we had to reroute and change, change our life plans. Like probably everyone else over the last 19 months. Tell me, I love the name of your podcast, Conservative. Yeah, it's funny. Because I, I kind of feel like I, I've always identified as a liberal. Like I always felt more uh, at home with a liberal perspective, but I'm not kind of like a crazy out there, psycho radical lefty liberal. I'm just somebody who thinks that, you know, 
that freedom of speech is important, that, you know, freedom of choice is important. That we what should... a racist. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's just... Meaning the actual definition of what it means to be like liberal, meaning to believe in liberty. These but, words yeah. are just so, I mean. Yeah, they, it's easy to get caught in them and, and to kind of, I think, lose touch of what people are really about because I think we're always trying to like fit ourselves into them too. So I hate doing it. Why don't you tell, tell us, what do you mean by conservatish? Um, so I started, uh, 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 yes, you know, I, I'm a musician, a singer songwriter started, started uh, really doing it professionally in about 2012, 2013, um, mostly with, you know, putting covers up on YouTube and then um, writing some songs and, and I had written songs, but I had never really been serious about doing it. And then um, it was about 2012. I started doing it. And, and then I also at the same time started writing hooks for rappers around the Bay area <laughs> and singing hooks. And because of doing those shows, I started realizing like, I a, why is everyone? And I thought I was a liberal. I mean, hell in 2016, I voted Bernie and then I voted Hillary begrudgingly. Yeah. Um, but I was like, why does everyone have to believe the same things all the time? This is kind of fucking this is dumb. You know, this, this is not, and it's not truthful either. You know what I mean? Cause it, it it wasn't as bad as as it is now, but it's almost like people were like, um, like now they're like sniffing. They're almost testing you, like poking and making sure you yes. making sure you bend to the will. Back then, it was more like, of course, everybody believes that you know that you know uh, uh, white people are the devil and blah blah blah. <laughs> and because I'm a half white, like okay, well, what? How much percentage of me is? The- <laughs> If, if, if reparations have to happen, yeah. am I going to pay 45% because I'm only 45% white? Should I pay 45% rep or like quantify it? And know? are you paying reparations to yourself? Right, exactly. How does that? <laughs> and a beautiful, uh, a different voice ex, uh, Ada, uh, had, uh, had her on my show. She's from UK. And she, she brought up a great point. She's just like, well, when we talk about reparations, how much are the Africans going to pay? <laughs> because they sold slaves. Um, anyway, um, so it was, I saw it was some complicated shit. And then I think what really, because I've always been rebellious, but I wasn't politically minded. I mean, in my 20s anyway, I don't know if this is true for everybody, but in my 20s, I was like, I'm just trying to figure out how to keep a job and what do I want to do with my life and get laid and <laughs> figure out a, a, a foundation, you know? And so um, 2016 happened um, and I, uh, a girl, uh, an ex of mine called me the, the night Trump won. And she was crying and she was like, you know, this is this is the end of the world, blah, blah, blah. And wow. even though I hadn't voted for the dude, I was like, I don't think we're going to, I mean, it's, it's just the president. Like, there's enough, you know, we're, 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 it's not like we're all going to die. It's all right, you know, whatever. And a couple months later, I saw Milo Yiannopoulos being talked about online a lot as he's Satan, he's Satan, he's Satan. And I'm like, you know, he's Hitler. And I was like, uh, let me do my own research. And once you do your own research, you cannot be a modern day leftist. It's impossible. It's impossible. Because <laughs> I watched a couple of videos and I'm like, yeah, I don't agree with everything the motherfucker says, but I agree with a lot of what he says. And he's super, super de duper gay. And he's part Jewish. So he's not a fucking Hitler. I don't like there's, there's, when you do, when you watch the things for yourself, there comes, there's a, a glitch in the matrix and you start yeah. realizing, oh, wait a second, things are not what I'm being told they are. And that is a snowball effect and you start questioning other stuff. That happened with Peterson a lot. I think a lot of people yes. had this view of him at first 
just from the articles and things being written about him by these lefty types who can't stand him. And then when they actually sit down and like listen to his lectures or, or watch what he's saying and listen closely, they realize like, oh, wow, he's not any of the things they were saying he was. So well, it's happening right now, too. I don't know if you saw Dave Chappelle's new special, but mm-hmm. there's just so much trash talk about what, you know, people saying what he said or interpreting right. the things that he said in like the most offensive way possible. And I saw a comment uh, on, a, on a friend's Facebook post, and it was looked like that, that the person that was commenting had just sort of imbibed all of the, you know, official dogma about the special. And right. so I just begged the question. I was like, have you seen it? Because it doesn't sound like you have, just right. what you're saying here. Uh, and it, it, it happens very frequently. Like we, we, as a species, we sort of make these like little mental shortcuts because in our period of evolutionary adaptation, those mental shortcuts helped us survive. You know, if somebody, you know, came running out of the woods and told us, oh my God, there's a tiger chasing me, run. Like you would it just it, believe what they said and you would start mimicking their behavior. But now, since we're not running from tigers anymore, we're in a society of almost 8 billion people around the planet. You can't exactly take everything that people are saying at face value. You have to like pause, you know, step back. Social media amplifies it too. So it's like, as soon as it gets out there, like the lie can travel halfway around the world before the truth even has time to catch up. All the way. All the way. Yeah. Multiple times, multiple times and back. So social media is one of the reasons I think a lot of people, they rush into these views, but also they rush into, I don't want to say cancel culture, but into the mob mentality of jumping onto someone who, who defies this ideology and then they feel virtuous in, in doing it. So, but, you know, Similar to brought the up thing. the Chappelle special and Blair had a Blair white had a video she put out recently. And she talked about how a lot of people aren't really focusing on Daphne on, on the comedian friend that Chappelle talked about. And she mentioned how she thinks that was actually one of the major, major points he was trying to get across with that special is that here's this trans person who got attacked and canceled by the mob online for standing up for her friend, Chappelle. And then six days later, she ends up committing suicide. And how, how much of that contributed to it? We don't really know, but it makes a really powerful point. And I think Chappelle was kind of trying to direct their attention a bit to that. Like, Hey, you're saying, listen to trans women, listen to their, you know, give their voices a platform. But then as soon as one of their voices diverts from whatever it is you guys are pushing, look what you do. You jump, you jump on them, you cast them out, you demonize them. And they did that to his friend. So. What I like about that though, I I think it's an important, just as a quick, um, before I get to my main point, because you guys are bringing up good stuff is number one, George Takei. He tweeted some shit like, (laughs) obviously it's because, obviously it's because trans people are, uh, uh, and oh wait, he's Asian and gay. So obviously it's very much, uh, uh, it's it's easy to make fun of trans people. That's really what it was. This shows how anybody can get away with blah, blah, blah. And then he got just fucking mobbed. People were like space Jews. He taught. He he made Jewish jokes. He made black jokes. He made white jokes. He made Latin jokes. That was the point. Jokes. That was the point. What are you fucking talking about? And here and it and it George Takei's uh, stupidity and self-importance exemplifies the thing that I said at the beginning, which is when you think I'm having a reaction. Let me just tweet it out. Um, 
that's when you should sit back. That's what mature motherfuckers do. And obviously George Takei, maybe he's mature in every other aspect of his life, but on social media, he's a dumb, immature cunt. <laughs> thanks for the one role you did 50 fucking years ago, douchebag. <laughs> Uh, I don't know why that that means I have to give you my attention and money yeah. and respect for the rest of your life, but whatever. Um, but uh, uh, obviously that means in this aspect, he was going from emotion only, logic never entered into it. Another quick example, Jessica Curson, one of my favorite uh, comedians, she's fucking hilarious. And yet she tweeted out a couple months ago, you know, if you essentially to something to the effect of, if you, uh, if you uh, make uh, rape jokes, uh, you're obviously, you're probably okay with rape. Like if you make sexual assault jokes, you're probably someone who did sexual assault. And I'm like, bitch, I've heard your comedy. You make sexual assault jokes. Yeah. What the fuck <laughs> are you yeah. talking about? She's made jokes about her own molestation, about uh, rape, about raping herself with, with hot dogs because of how much she likes food. Like, this is this is the, the the mental detachment because because emotions we just feel we just feel and just that and it's a human thing but it's our responsibility as people who are trying to be the living example of a red pill to not be immature cunts like George Takei. Right? I agree. Yeah, he's, he's, he's annoying. He also recently I, I noticed he said some disparaging remarks about William Shatner. He's so jelly because apparently and so William <laughs> Shatner went up to space on uh, you know uh, Jeff Bezos's flying penis rocket, <laughs> and he gave like this sort of like long rambling monologue when he returned. And uh, Takai said something about him being like an unfit specimen. Uh, and talking about him as like you know like a test subject, he like him. yeah, it was a test subject, and but it was just so petty Snarky. and so yeah. stupid. And then uh, right, friggin' Shatner comes back with a very classy sort of like I don't really know why he's obsessed with me. He called it psychosis. <laughs> he said there's some kind of psychosis there. Some sort of psychosis yeah. there. He just you know feels the need to say these. I don't know why he's so unhappy on the internet. Like I, I really just yeah. wish him you know. I wish him well and hope it feels better. I wanted to riff a bit off what Peter was saying, you know, back to this, this point about comedy and, you know, identity politics and all of that is people need to see the positive aspect of this, what Chappelle is doing. And that's, I think if we can look at it in that way, perhaps common ground can be found, but we need to recognize that the fact that trans people are being made fun of now is a good thing. It's a good mm -hmm. thing. It means you're, you're in the cultural awareness now, like you're, you're now treated as an equal in a sense where you can also be made fun of just like this group, just like that group, just like this group. So instead of recognizing that, like, Hey, wow, this is actually kind of like a step forward. Like you guys are normal enough in society now where we can crack jokes about you just like any other group. And we can all laugh together. But as Chappelle said, you know, he ended the special and basically said like, I'm not telling jokes about gay people and LGBT this anymore until you, until I know that you guys are laughing with me. Well, right. And, and so he sounds done with it and I don't blame him, you know? Right. Um, I'll add to that this. Uh, most aspects of human behavior are pretty complicated. And we all used to make gay jokes and trans jokes. Or, I mean, I didn't. I mean, well, maybe a bit or whatever. But like way, way back, like in the 80s, Scott Thompson, one of my favorite uh, comics of all time, sketch uh, Kids in the Hall. YouTube. Love Scott Thompson. Okay, thank you. Kids Thank in the hall, basically. Kids in the hall. This before your time yeah. a little bit. I'm yeah. 31, so. so. Oh, you young motherfucker! No, uh, he's an unsung gay icon. Okay. He, he just did never, never got the fucking gay respect. He was the first the gay out. respect. <laughs> gay respect. Um. Uh. Uh. Because because um. What's his face from Monty Python? 
uh, Graham Chapman, though he was gay, he wasn't out until the 80s after Monty Python had already gone off the air, you know, a decade and a half before. So Scott Townsend was the first openly gay. Hey, I'm fucking gay. Let's talk about it. Let's make jokes about it, blah, blah, blah. But he told stories about in the 80s when he would go and do stand up. People, you know, cheap, cheap comedians would be like, uh, I got to wipe off the mic because there might be AIDS on the mic after he used it. Right. <laughs> but, but there's a difference between wow. you're a part of the lexicon and we're all going to make fun of each other. And let's all snigger and, and like, you know, this is denigration. The, again, humor is complicated like any human behavior, right? So now we're trying to make that transition as, Dave, as you said, as Dave Chappelle is doing. Okay, before we used to say, yeah, cut off his cock and tranny and blah, 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 blah. Um, but ne- so now it's gonna be a little more complicated, although tranny is not a bad word ever. Um, but uh, okay, now it's a little more complicated. We're gonna make fun of you, but now we're in on the joke. We're, we're it's all it's all okay. You're a part yeah. of us. You're part of us. But you know, cunts are gonna be cunts. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I think I think if if people are looking to get offended and more importantly looking to feel the power that they get. I was just talking with somebody earlier. A righteous indignation. A righteous indignation. I get to punish people and yes. be morally and be morally justified in doing so. I actually get to be a hero for shitting on people and bullying people. Yay. And it's all unconscious, subconscious. I'll, I'll end with this. Chappelle was not talking. I think he was, but he wasn't. He wasn't talking to the trans activists online. He wasn't talking to those guys. He was talking to the rest of us. He was talking to the normal, rational, mostly white, liberal motherfuckers who are who can think uh, 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 actively, who, who are critical thinkers and going, oh, I'm in the middle. I would bend to the wheel normally and have my hand behind my back because someone trans had a fucking feeling. Um, but now he's saying, oh, shit's complicated. So he's speaking to the majority, the people who are reasonable. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I admire it. I thought the special was brilliant, man. Cracked me up. Brett and I were laughing so much. Yeah. yeah. It was like a solid 70 yeah. minutes of just pure yeah. hilarity. And then towards the end, he got very serious, which I kind of liked. Uh, I think the whole thing had a serious thread throughout it. But and, and I definitely think there was a purpose to it. He, he wasn't just trying to make people laugh. He clearly had a message, I think, that he was trying to get across with the special, which is basically what Blair White was kind of indicating that perhaps the biggest thing we should take away from it is the story of, of his friend, you know, the, the trans comedian and what happened to her just for standing up for him and that sort of thing. And I think it's uh, an important story. Yeah, in the gay community, we were referring to each other as trannies all the time, especially when we would do something that was more androgynous or more feminine as men. Um, because not because we were, you know, denigrating each other, but because we were celebrating the fact that we could have that bit of gender fluidity within the community and giggle about it and laugh about it. Not that we were making fun of trans people at all. We were just, you know, enjoying the natural humor that comes with, you know, flouting stereotypes or, or doing things that were unexpected or, or unusual. Um, and I don't think that it was funny because I, we actually had a group, we had a, a gay, like sort of ski club, you could call it. Um, and we would, we'd go away for the weekend. We'd rent cabins, uh, you know, up in the mountains and we'd go skiing. It's hard to take a break from the orgies to go skiing. Was right. It- yeah. A little break from the orgies, but we, we would refer to ourselves as the tranny spirits because, you know, like we had a lot of androgynous members. We You're had canceled, lot, Brent. We had a lot of two- canceled. Well, and the thing was we had a Facebook group 
that was from like, it was, it was old. It was like, you know, I moved to New York in 2008, probably in around 2009, 2010, we started going on these groups and we were probably pretty consistent till about the, I don't know, mid 15, the mid teens. And then the group kind of like, you know, piddled off and everybody started doing their own thing and whatever. But Facebook came along and canceled our, our little group. It was a private group, you know, it was closed. It wasn't like open to the public or anything. But Facebook came along and was like, you're offensive. You can't have this group, you know, change your name or delete it. And I was just like, well, I guess we'll delete it. <laughs> so over Facebook. But it goes back to that thing. And George Takei should know better because he was one of the old gays. It goes back to the thing Chappelle talked about and I've talked about on my show uh, 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 in his special. My experience growing up in the Bay, I've been a fag hag for years. Okay, way long, long time. Okay, Mike Harlow is not my first (laughs) (laughs) gay wifey. Uh, (laughs) I love it. Don't tell him because I'll have an Italian. He's going to watch this and he's going to see. He's going to clutch his pearl. My God, my boy. Um, But because of that, I've known some legit ass gays, some le- not just gays who, 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 who like fought for their lives, right? Or, or were called faggot when they were a kid and, and got used to it, or not got used to it, but like it wasn't the end of the world when someone misfucking gendered them or whatever. They were solid, they were strong. And a lot of those old queens are fucking non-liberals. Hello, uh, because of not, to, not just their shift, because that happens when you get older, um, but also because the shift of the of the left, you know. And I respect people who can handle it a lot more. There was a a, 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 um, a show in San Francisco for years years called Tranny Shack, and it was just a drag queen and legit old. Sorry, I know they get very sensitive about their. They age. get very sensitive. <laughs> hey, let's be real. Heck, <laughs> Uh, there were there were there were gays who set up those shows and drag queens who set up those shows for years and no one had a fucking problem with it because exactly like what you said it was them being self-referential it was i'm going to use this word that other people have used to be denigration denigrating and i'm going to take that power away from it now it's mine now it's mine now fag is mine now the n-word is mine whatever it is it's the same concept as the n-word for sure right it's I'm I'm taking away and it's mine now and and now it's something new now it's something new and and yet even they had to like bow to the pressure right or had to I don't know if they, I think I think the show probably ended a couple of years ago anyway but I don't even think yeah even if they started it up they can't use that word anymore but bottom line is I don't think you can save the trans activists here's what I mean like I said earlier about um Chappelle talking to the people uh, uh, online I've heard it put and I've seen it true you cannot reason with the unreasonable right when a when a when a white mom when a Karen mom is in Toys R Us and the kid is throwing a tantrum and you try to go down on their level and say now Dakota remember (laughs) when we said you're not allowed to have a toy today remember kicking and screaming and shitting and crying (laughs) but you can't you just now remember you can't reason with that shit what what works one of the things that works to, to help the unreasonable is going over their head and just well we're getting in the car now you know i don't give a fuck <laughs> yes someone's got to be motherfucking daddy you know what i mean, I mean i'm sure you two know <laughs> <laughs> oh you're a hoot yeah someone's gotta someone's gotta have uh some structure right yeah 
you can't reason reason with the unreasonable. We need to save the motherfuckers who are in the middle who are kowtowing. We need to save, honestly, the white liberals who are who just they have good intentions. They, I mean, for the most part, they have good intentions. I don't want anyone to feel bad. Yeah. I, oh, I didn't know black people were being hunted in the streets, even though only ten unarmed blacks died in all of 2019. Like, um, you know, I, I, I don't want I don't want trans people to feel bad, and so I'll I'll I'll, I'll sacrifice my voice. I'll sacrifice my vote. I'll sacrifice my money. I'll sacrifice. I'll make myself small in order to kowtow and make other people feel comfortable. But again, we're trying to help them not kowtow. We're, we're trying to help them realize that uh, being canceled on Twitter, just like Dave Chappelle said, it's not a real place. You it's know what I mean? Like it doesn't really matter what you can only, you can only be canceled if you let them cancel you is what it comes down to. And you know, if you, if you bend a knee and you, and you just give into the fear, like, look, if you're wrong, obviously if you're legitimately wrong, you, you apologize. If you've been in error and you can recognize that that's mature to be able to apologize, but don't just bend a knee every single time the mob gets upset. Like if you really feel strongly about something and, and it's your view, like you stand by it, you know, unfortunately, a lot of times people are coming out and they're speaking out against this stuff and the mob comes after them and they just, they can't handle the pressure of it. I think, especially celebrities and the blue checks and all of that, unless you're Nicki Minaj, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and another thing is too, is that um, just like, tantrum throwing children there's never going to be enough you know what i mean like you can't just go okay well like when a bully patrice o'neill my favorite comic of all time god bless his god rest his heart he would be by the way to any new york comics patrice is rolling in his fucking grave for you cocksuckers performing at the comedy cellar even though they require vaccines yeah. fuck the comedy cellar burn burn okay colin fucking quinn i love oh, it yeah, he's the greatest living comedian of all time or greatest living comedian. And yet with all his money and fame, with all his, he can not perform at places that require vaccine. And yes, he, and yet he is. Patrice fucking hates your ass. Yeah. Eat a dick, okay? I feel, I honestly, I feel similar about Rogan. And as much as I love Joe Rogan and I respect him, just really dude, you're going to just, you're going to just play the garden like that. Like you have like one of the biggest platforms right now and you could really make a real stand and say, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm sorry to my fans who bought tickets, but I am not going to play this show. I'm going to make a statement here and I don't want to be able to, I don't want to play at a place where half of my fans are probably going to be segregated and they can't come watch me, you know? So he, so he actually did he, when he, it's confirmed he performed at a place. I that think he, he played at the garden. He performed at the garden, if I'm not mistaken. Or doesn't he have, is a show coming up? Did it, did it pass already? I thought it passed. Madison yeah. Square. But as far as I know, that's, that wasn't canceled or anything. And I found that to be rather just hypocritical it kind of bummed me out oh, it said he was supposed to be there on the 2nd of october i think it had passed already he already did it yeah i guess he did yeah it. so there were quite a few people who were upset about that and you know on instagram i saw in the comments and kind of calling out hypocrisy and in, in that regard same thing with tim dylan same thing with tim dylan he didn't cancel he went on tour and he played venues i don't know he maybe he's still on tour now but he played venues um that were requiring vax passes and him and tim pool actually got into it a bit on Twitter with each other a couple of weeks back over this because Tim Pool called him out on the hypocrisy of it. And then they kind of had a bit of a back and forth, back and forth. Yeah. This is why I think ultimately, I mean, obviously there's other reasons, but I really believe LA is a poison. I remember the song, uh, 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 the schism song uh, or not schism. I'm sorry. The tool. Song, um, I'm uh, a big tool fan, so. Yeah. Anima. 
learn Atlanta. to swim, learn to swim. Learn to swim. Learn to swim. Yeah. Let's fucking make Arizona Bay a reality. Yeah. It's yep. time. It's time. Yeah. Anyone cool who goes to Los Angeles eventually sucks the dick. Eventually <laughs> sucks the will of the. Because as Colin Quinn uh, uh, so adequately put a few a few years ago, you have to bend to the will of Allah. It's not. It's not, and not just Allah, like literally, but like when you spend enough time around a certain group of people and the culture then changes, the culture then changes while well, everyone's doing this and everyone's, well, in order to get a job at a certain, you know, in TV or whatever, I have to either vax up and or get a test and wear a mask and wear gloves and da, 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 da. I need to do this in order to, and so they suck the dick eventually. And I, I would have hoped that New York was not one of those places, but it turns out it's like the biggest one right now. It's like the freaking ground zero of authoritarianism, unfortunately. Yeah, I don't know. I thought, like, I, I hoped New Yorkers would have more of a backbone and they would have stood up. And it's not that none of them are. There are quite a few who are. But I think part of the problem is it just it, it had to get to this point for enough people to even do that. And then by the time it got to this point, a lot of people who were, say, fighting like us and, and trying to get people to stand up got tired got exhausted our prospects started to dry up we had to make decisions and a lot a lot of people left the city and i think that's partly why you're not seeing the same resistance because a lot of the people who were willing to resist and were standing up got exhausted got tired time passed they they had to leave a lot and a lot of them did leave so yeah i've been i mean i know mike is i I, i'm not sure if he's back or not but he's gonna bring some bring back some reconnaissance from austin because it's like, what I really want to do, yes, I'm doing my show. Yes, I'm a comedian. Yeah, 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 yeah. Make memes and all that bullshit. Okay, yes. But ultimately, the animal that I am, I want to perform. I just want to make fucking music and perform. And I finally, don't tell anybody, um, <laughs> but I've been picking up my guitar and making it a thing for the last uh, almost a week as I'm picking up my guitar every fucking day, even though I don't want to, even though my hand is like atrophied as far as performing. That's when you got to do it most, man, is when you don't want to. Right. And it's like, okay, this is what I'm actually going to do. Cause my, my, my writing animal, my performing animal has been in hibernation for two years. I haven't done a gig in two years because of the pandemic and I, this, and I, that, and I, this, and I, that. And so I started going to school and it's been good. I'm not saying I'm doing anything wrong, but I had a long conversation with my dad who was like, all right, but where's Pete? You know what I mean? The other day. And I was like, yeah, no, that's, that's, you ever had those conversations with, I don't know if it's your dad or whatever, but somebody it's almost like a come to Jesus moment of like, you know, Hey, what, what, where's, where's, where's the actual you, you know, my and, grandma. <laughs> yeah. And it's not like my, my show is not the actual me it is, and it is growing, but it, it was more meant to be. And not that I'm, I am willing to change my goals and stuff, but like the show is not, I don't want to be just a, a podcaster. I don't same. I, don't I agree. Like, I agree. I'm the same way, man. Yeah. And so if I, I think you're right. It, it was exhaustion and whatever, but also part of me is thinking of moving mostly because, okay, well, if there's going to be, I'll go wherever the cool people are. You know what I mean? I'll go wherever the cool people are, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I was just starting to get into stand up myself uh, right before the whole pandemic thing shut everything down. I started just like going up for open mics, just, you know, like trying to do five minutes and getting some laughs and getting good feedback. And then, you know, all of a sudden everything just gone. So it was like one of the major reasons for being in New York was that you had that opportunity, you know, to, you could go up every day if you wanted, there was, you know, $5 open mics all, all over. And then I was just waiting for them to come back and they never did. And I was just like, well, I guess uh, we're going to have to try something else. 
And you know, stand-up comedy is a lot of fun. I think Austin is going to be, it might be a new Mecca just because of Brogan and the fact that he's drawing so many people there. And, you know, he wants to start a comedy club. And there's just so many people from California and LA moving to Texas. And now you've got a lot of people from New York moving to Florida. So I, I think we are going to see sort of a cultural renaissance in these coming out of these new areas. And plus you also have a lot of people like, you know, to, like uh, Timmy Poole, who wants to do a lot more cultural culture building uh, from a conservative or just, you know, moderate perspective. And I think it's going to encourage more and more not sort of psycho lefty corporate clones to, you know, do their own businesses and, and start to generate generating actual cultural cultural content. Because really the way that we win is that we sort of just generate a culture that's healthier and better. And yeah, our culture, our culture can't just be talking about what the radicals are doing. Yes. And fixating on that. You know, we have to actually make legit new culture that stands on its own. And so I agree with you. I think you can't like I don't just want to be a podcaster either. Like I'm an artist at heart and I'm, I'm a poet, I'm a writer. And those are the things I really want to do. And I'm always going to be doing those things. But I think podcasting is becoming this new way of finding I don't want to say finding your tribe, but finding that community of free thinkers who have similar enough values where we can get together and make that culture by having these conversations for example and then you know like we met you right and now we're connecting here and you write music and i play drums and you don't know where these connections go right they can go anywhere uh we had my friend andy on he's in a pretty well-known metal band and they actually uh, canceled their tour they canceled their tour recently partly related to all this stuff but same sort of thing, you know, he's going through it and he, he sees, he sees what's happening with the censorship and same thing with him. It's, you know, he's, he says, if we don't speak up and stand now, you can't make culture anymore because how can you make real art? If your speech is stifled, then, you know, the way he described it, he's like, then you just get, you get Soviet posters of people in military uniforms. And that's, that becomes your art. Your art becomes limited to this narrow sort of structure of what the party allows right and we need to fight against that resist it not just sit here and ramble and talk about these things but make paintings write songs you know publish books all those things right and and in in addition to that is also the idea of uh patrice used to mention this in a different context but he was talking about this game uh i think a movie's called war games from the with matthew broderick right And you might know that one, right? It's an 80s one, right? It's before your time. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, Brent. (laughs) I'm only 35, but I don't know why I know. Brent's Brent's about to be 39. 39 in like two weeks. Yeah. You don't you don't look a day over 37. (laughs) Um uh, but I uh in that in that movie, uh uh ascent I don't know exactly and correct me if I'm wrong, Brent, but um Matthew Broderick is essentially has to play has to, there's a computer, a giant like supercomputer who is like they figure they trying to figure out a game, right? The rules are how to win a certain game, right? Yeah, it was like uh, nuclear something. So this computer is basically in charge. Uh, it's like a sort of a computer that they would put in charge of the nukes. 
And it was, you know, the movie came out in the 80s. So there was a lot of this like nuclear tension between the US and Russia. So it's an AI? Yeah, it's like an AI. Okay. And so Matthew Broderick like hacks into the system and starts putzing around with it. And uh, the, the simulation that was supposed to be ongoing, the computer, because he hacks in and messes it up, the computer thinks it's real. And so there's all this drama um, as they try to resolve the situation without a you know mutually assured destruction type of event happening. Hmm. I gotta watch that one. It's very funny and it's cute. And it's like, uh, Matthew Broderick is great. There was that other movie, uh, what was I thinking of? The, uh, the Manhattan Project is another one that I like from that time period, which is where this kid sort of like builds his own like nuclear bomb for a science fair project because he's a super genius. It's another fun 80s movie. So, so what that what the computer does at one point is like interesting. The only way to win is not to play. The only way to win the game is not to play. At a certain point, we who uh, like like we non liberals, we who like freedom, whatever. Part of the way we win is like, oh, okay, well, I'll let New York sink into the ocean. Then fine, fine, Arizona Bay, fuck yeah. it. I'll, I'm taking my kickball and going home and going to the place where they appreciate it. Yeah. And the people who are still stuck, who are, because this is the thing, you can't breed out humanity that fucking quick. I'm sorry. China, maybe it took a long time for them to, because just like you're saying, in China, I've actually been there and, I, and I've experienced, they have one social media, one social media that is governed or that is uh, 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 monitored by the government. It's called WeChat, okay? Um, and other people get around that with other VPNs to go on Facebook and Instagram and blah, 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 blah. But there's one agreed upon, same, same thing with uh, uh, Mark fucking Zuckerberg and all these guys. There's one agreed upon narrative one agreed upon narrative and it's blatant now it, it was not so blatant for years and now it's full-on fucking blatant censorship and so okay i'm gonna take my kickball and go home uh just a quick shout out uh, towards that once a month now we're doing this thing called no ad dollar day on the first tuesday of the month fuck you you're not getting my ad dollars because the only way mark zuckerberg part of the reason okay sorry let me set this up i know i'm going on rants um Part of the reason why, besides that, yes, it also fits in the narrative, part of the reason why Mark Zuckerberg, Jack Dorsey, and all these people, um, uh, uh, all these people uh, uh, clamped down on, on, on free speech, what a beautiful puppy. Um, He's a little paranoid. Yeah, he doesn't like Mark Zuckerberg either. <laughs> he does not <laughs> he like does Mark not. <laughs> Part of the reason why they clamped down is be not just because it fits in with their ideology, but also because they get pressure from the leftist organizations they yeah. get pressure there was an article i looked at not only uh, uh that showed me that their ad revenue rose by 56 fucking percent in 2021 okay Whoa. so uh, they they've make a ton of money and almost i think it's like 95 percent of the money that facebook makes is all on advertising revenue more ads longer ads more clicks they get to whatever right and it's the and only way you can even compete on that platform too, is you have to have money to pay for ad space or you get buried. Right. So, and similar to that, in that same article, there, there was a, a, a group of lawmakers who went to a, a meeting with Mark Zuckerberg, I think it was in May and they brought in, uh, uh, they brought in dummies and they laid the dummies on the floor in a pile in a, in a way to show Mark Zuckerberg, these are the people, these are the dead bodies representing you not cutting down COVID misinformation. Wow. That's right. propaganda, if I ever heard of it. Propaganda, but who 
is going to bring dead bodies in. Who's going to bring dummies in to fight the other side? None, 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 none. Because let's be real, fucking GOP is lazy cunts. Okay. And they're swamped too, just like- They're rather, rather useless. Rather useless. And so- how, what, what is a tool that the rest of us can use to say, no, 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 we want misinformation. <laughs> like, no, 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 we want, we, let us do, wild, wild west, motherfucker, we'll figure it out. Humanity has been around for a lot, you know, misinformation is not going to kill us. Suck a dick, we'll figure it out. Let us, you know, let capitalism work. Yeah. The, 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 the tool is, part of it is to take our kickball and go home. Yeah, for, I, for, I agree. We, yeah. we take our, we all take our, uh, no social media for a whole day. Fuck your ad revenue. It's my fucking money. It's my eyeballs because that's the only way they get attention. And and collectively we say, oop, we take it out and we'll come back in the next day. But it's a great way to, you know. Physically too, you're seeing that manifest and actually physically removing ourselves from places like New York, places like California. Because it's like, well, okay, if you're going to be pushing all this stuff culturally and you're going to silence us and censor us and demonize us and push us out, fine we'll take our talents our skills our cultural contributions and we will take them elsewhere and establish ourselves elsewhere and we'll get together and we'll make our culture yeah and if you don't want it over here it's fine we'll go over there and we'll go do it over there right you find another way you you adapt and it (laughs) comes down to is you can only be canceled if if you let them cancel you and i think some people they just don't want to make any sacrifices and i get it you know, people got families, they have kids to feed. And in regards to the mandates and all that too, the same thing, like why are people bending a knee? It's, they feel threatened. They feel like their livelihoods are going to be threatened. Their reputations are going to be tarnished. They're going to be, you know, ostracized at work or, or even fired, you know, for speaking out against the woke stuff and and the mandates and all of that, et cetera. Well, this was something that I noticed too with the, with the Twitter is that you get people they get so caught up with, you know, oh, you can't say that because, you know, you're going to put somebody, you're going to put somebody in danger. It's like, dude, do you like drive a car? Do you like, you know, eat anything that's like not exactly super great for you? Like we make these choices all the time where we decide, okay, this is like a little risky. We're going to engage in this behavior. And that's like our right as Americans, you know, as sovereign individuals, we have a right to self-determine. And we have a right to, you know, make our own decisions based off of information that, you know, we can gather from all the places and they just want to make it so that you can only gather certain approved information from approved sources. And it's just, it's, it's BS because they're just trying to control your, your, your behavior by limiting your exposure to divergent perspectives. So was the Overton window? Was that you who brought that up to me once? The Overton Overton window is like the window of acceptance old discourse yeah and it's funny too because you can you can talk about how it changes over time Mm -hmm. um but yeah that's what that is right and not only do the 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 other thing is and i think the the main gas in the engine is not just the lawmakers who bring that you know the dummies and the whatever who paid the lawmakers and the activists and the whatever to bring that shit into mark zuckerberg's office yeah Okay. It's mostly, can we, it's going to get a little, everybody hang on to your butts, but we're going to get through this together. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> it's a small group of mostly Jewish people in the Upper West Side and Beverly Hills. Can we be fucking real? Can we be fucking real? I love Jews with all my heart. I'm not saying let's fucking program and all that shit. I'm not saying that, but can we just at least vocalize what we actually all fucking see? Yeah. It, it's it's mostly white liberals on the Upper West Side and Beverly Hills. That's it. Even the white 
shitty, uh, uh, insufferable uh, 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 liberals in Brooklyn. They didn't got cash. They don't have cash. They're the ones out in the streets. The white liberals, the last couple of people who still watch The Daily Show with Trevor. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody, especially especially nobody fucking black likes Trevor Noah. Nobody, (laughs) nobody, nobody, even fucking black people don't like that motherfucker, okay? He's not even American, too. It's so weird. Whatever. And, and the thing is, is I don't agree with, uh, uh, just as a quick side note. I'm nah, go off, King. Go off. Thank you. Legal, <laughs> legal shit. Um, uh, part, of the thing, part of the thing is, is that Jon Stewart, I don't agree with everything that motherfucker says, but he puts funny above message. At a certain yeah. level on his show, he put funny above message. Trevor Noah does the exact opposite. Jimmy Kibble does the exact opposite. Stephen Colbert does the exact opposite. James fucking... <laughs> Gordon does the exact opposite. They put message. John Oliver. John Oliver, Samantha B. They put message above art. Fuck you. We've got the message. You telling it a certain way and making fun of a certain type of people. Bitch, make a trans joke. Bitch, make a black joke. For the love of fucking God. The only people who watch that shit are rich motherfucking white liberals in the Upper West Side, Jews mostly in the Upper West Side, and in Beverly Hills, right? So since we don't have the cash and the resources that those cunts have, that's one of the way, okay, no ad dollar day, or I'm moving and take my kickball and go home. You can have your shit. You can have your shit uh, unfulfilling. You can feel free to have your unfulfilling art. I'm going to go make fulfilling art somewhere else. And when you get hungry, don't be knocking on my door and go, why do you let these people have a separate, uh, they shouldn't. uh." Well, I'm over here now, you know, like (laughs) dice. I'm over here now. I'm over here now. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that seems to be like the, the difference between real comedians and, you know, these sort of corporate stooge establishment shills that are that, that are that claim to be comedians, but they're really not funny. Like, right. it was funny because like they used to be a lot of them used to be really funny. Samantha Bate used to be hilarious when she was on The Daily Show with Jon Stewart. John Oliver, same thing. Stephen Colbert, when he had that that really like satirical show where he would be this like super Republican, neoconservative perspective, it was hilarious. And then what happened? It was like Obama came in and that the like corporate left became sort of like the ascendant power. The neocons started to like lose power, uh, but not really. They just sort of fused with the, the corporate left. Um, and now we have this sort of uniparty, really, which is basically just like the establishment on the left and right, and then everybody else who doesn't really fit in. Uh, but that's like what happened. They they all sort of went to push the message, and they they're all on the same page. They all you know they they sort of make fun of the same things, and they they do it in that way that's just like it's it's not funny. Like when you when you watch their comedy, I was like something I've seen like clips of Trevor Noah, especially he, he always does these stupid little like jokes where like, I'm constantly wondering where the punchline is. Cause he he'll like make a political point or he'll make like a, a an otherwise point, And then there'll be like a laugh track or, or like, you know, clapters like the new thing. Yep, 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 yep. And it's just, it's not, it's not funny. Like we, we've had a couple of clips of Trevor Noah. One thing, one that we used to do a little cringe segment. Yeah, we've made that. fun of him on here before. We don't want Trevor. He's just so easy to make fun of. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's, he's cringe. Like, it's propaganda. Like, and it's so obvious too. It's not even like, they don't even try to hide it anymore. And I think another thing is to remember the psychology of these people is I, a lot of people on the non-liberal side, uh, um, you know, and, and Mike and I have talked about this on our respective shows and things like that, but 
if someone follows me and they've, you know, I'm a socially conservative or like their, their profile says like Patriot Christian. I'm like, okay, all right. You're probably going to get mad at something I say soon. Cause I talk about eating ass. I talk about, (laughs) you know, I choke women. Like it's, it's, you know, whatever it's (laughs) weird for you. That's all I'm saying. Feel free to follow, but it's going to get a little weird. Um, and, and one of the things that, that we talk about is that, um, why did I go on that rant? Um, I'm saying that, um, uh, the people who who follow me who are a patriot, blah, blah, they think, and it's very slapdash and it's lazy. It's intellectually lazy. And I don't think they do it on purpose, but they say Trevor Noah, you know, hates America or Samantha B hates America, or they're just, you know, they're idiots. It's like, okay, they may be dumb, whatever, but let's, rem- let's remember how that happens because they did used to be funny. Selling your soul happens slow, I yeah, think. It's a good point. Soul happens slow, and it and it and it doesn't happen because they have bad intentions for the most part. The people at the top, the Obamas, the Joe Bidens, yes, shit intentions, horrible, fucking evil. People. I think they give pieces away as they rise up the ladder. Exactly, peace. You give a piece, you give a piece, and then the next thing you know, you're all the way up there, and you have none of your originality left. None of your soul is right. You gave it all away, and part of the way that they gave their souls away is because some fucking black or whatever shit some shitty bitch usually a woman or an effeminate straight man no offense <laughs> but i think it's effeminate straight men are the worst people in the world um someone, <laughs> someone grabbed their ear similar to how someone brought dummies into a meeting with mark zuckerberg someone grabbed their ear and said look someone somewhere is having a hard time you have a responsibility to not make a trans joke and then they move the goalpost you have a responsibility to not make a black joke and all these especially jimmy kimmel again effeminate fucking weak ass motherfucking straight white men (laughs) they bend the knee because they are desperate for attention approval puss they want puss they want they want to stay relevant and they don't want to hurt anyone's feelings yeah guess what as a fucking daddy bitch i'm not fucking i'm willing to hurt your feelings if it needs to happen you know what i'm saying like as somebody who and you and both of you you have the perspective of real humanity to understand sometimes you need to be you need to be coddling and you need to be loving and sometimes that's their perspective they think they're a child they're choosing subconsciously or otherwise to get offended. I'm not going to change my, my mouth or my behavior based on this bitch choosing to get offended when I've already explained my intentions or I've already ex- gave them a, an example of a trans person make, saying tranny or a black person saying the N-word and saying it's okay. How many fucking people? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. you understand the human, the human complication and the nuance, you know? Yeah, and that's like the nuance, it just gets lost. Like it's so hard for people to tamp down their like immediate emotional reaction, especially if there's someone who's imbibed a lot of this like SJW logic or this like corporate leftism. You know, if they've made that sort of a core part of who they are, they'll have like this emotional reaction, this extreme emotional reaction to, you know, a phrase or a word as if it was, you know, literal violence. And they've made this Against argument- Against them too, like you're attacking well, their very being. But they've made yeah. this argument that words are violence, that if you, you know, if you insult somebody, if you hurt somebody's feelings, that that's the equivalent, at least in, in, their, in their weird cognitive schema, that's equivalent to actually like walking up and slugging somebody in the face and causing them to fall down and, you know, come up all bloody. And it's, it's not the same thing. 
And they use the word literally a lot. Have you noticed that? Literally, they do. They do. Actually mean literally. They mean figuratively, but they say literally. Yeah. Yes. Literally violent. Like, well, no, it's, it's not literally. Violent. <laughs> I love this one. I'm literally shaking. Are you? It's like, but are you? Literally, literally shaking? Is that yeah. like LOL? Did you actually yeah. laugh out loud yeah. when you posted LOL? And, and can you can you figuratively <laughs> shake? Is that even possible? Like, can I figuratively shake? I'm figuratively shaking right now. Well, if you type it, <laughs> right. it must be true. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, God. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. And I'm calling a lot of these younger people who are buying into this stuff. I like to call them the glass generation now. And I know it's not just younger. I'm, there's, I'm sure there's a lot of Zoomers out there who are actually rejecting this stuff. Mm-hmm. But there's quite a few who aren't. And I don't know why. I think I, don't know, I think sometimes people just want to feel important, which I understand. Like we all want to feel important and right. special at some point. But I think it also comes down to just sometimes people just want to find things to complain about. And maybe that ties into that feeling of importance, right? Like the the righteous suffering, you know, the righteous indignation that you feel like, oh, I'm a hero now, right? I get to call out this nasty person and everyone gets to see me doing it. And then it makes me look really awesome and great. Um, I'm, it's like to get a thrill out of it. Yeah, well, and it's, it's the same with the cough of much infamy. You know, like the cough. They, 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 if you are, if you violate their holy writ, their dogma, you know, you're not wearing a mask, or if you haven't gotten an injection of experimental nature and much side effects, then you are like a, an apostate. It's like you're, you're a heretic to them. And they feel like they, like, like just like a conservative, you know, born again Christian, that they need to save you and they need to save everyone who is around you because, you know, you might, you know, infect them with dangerous rhetoric or dangerous information or you know information that they can't handle because they're this they're that the other thing and it's like and it comes back to how they view uh at least white liberals and how they view like the african-american population it's this this very low bar of expectations it's they've sort of presumed that you know people are just so naive and so undiscerning that they can't handle being exposed to contradictory information we have to feed protect them. their feelings you know we have to yeah. coddle them with the, the appropriate information the right perspective the approved sources and it's just it's all bullshit it's just yeah it's uh, it's patronizing too and you know if you're someone who's in any form of like minority group here and you're a free thinker i think you're probably someone who views that as patronizing like I'm not a victim. Like, yes, I've had a hard life. Things are difficult. My experience as someone who's gay, yes, is different than my experience as someone who isn't and probably had its own unique challenges. But I'm not going to walk around thinking like I need to be treated like, like, like I'm porcelain. Right. You know, and I feel like that that's what that side is pushing is they they're raising kids to feel that way too about themselves that they're just never going to get ahead. You're always going to be oppressed. Right. There's always going to be someone ahead of you trying to trying to mess it up for you and stop you from getting ahead. So you got to fight the system, just tear it all down because it's unfair. And and that's the thing, too, is not just we know what's best for you, but why what no one has ever quantified for me. Why I should listen to the black person who's offended by the N word versus the black people who aren't. I've literally had a black person on my show thank me for using the N-word. Thank me for using the N-word rather than saying the phrase, the three-word phrase, the N-word, right? So why, quantify it for me, why I should listen to uh, over thank you. Why? 
Why should, as an example, one of my friends, Pollo Del Mar, great drag queen, hilarious fucking bitch. I love her with all my heart. Um, I've had her on my show a couple of times. Go check it out. Uh, she's, she does wrestling. She's a fucking beast. All right. <laughs> it sounds like a character, but she's from the fucking old school, meaning, uh, and not that old, not <laughs> like fragile, meaning not fragile. Thank you. Where they, make, where they would read motherfuckers. And, and that's where that umph came from. It wasn't just like, just like, uh, Chappelle said in his special, it wasn't just that they were stronger is that they were funnier. I love that part. <laughs> right. And they, and they, and they made fun of each other and said, you know, bitch, you know, blah, blah, you got a stinky puss, whatever. Like they, they were willing to read motherfuckers and, and, and be sharp and quick and blah, blah, blah. And Pollo Damar is one of the best I've ever seen. And, and yet she even with the first time she did my show, she talked about getting, <laughs> getting angry Facebook posts from people. You shouldn't have said, it's like, well, what do you mean? Everybody in the room was laughing. Right. Why is every is everybody in this room transphobic? Are you out of your fucking mind? With everybody here, there's trans people in the fucking audience laughing. Quantify it for me. Why I should pay attention to your fucking fragile feelings over all these other people who are having a good time. You yeah. can't fucking morally justify it. You can't quantify it. You're a fucking child. Fuck you. It's yeah. it's only because the establishment supports their crime and validates it for them. So they feel justified in it. But I feel like a lot of time, and the reason that they do that is because they are trying to drive a wedge in the population. Yeah. They want us to be mad at each other. Divide and conquer. Because as soon as we stop bickering over, you know, our skin color differences, over our sexual preferences, over our gender differences, you know, as soon as we stop, like, you know, focusing on that, we'll see that all these rich motherfuckers are behaving like a bunch of crazy psychopaths slowly destroying the planet and our country. And it's like, that's the one thing they really well, don't want us to realize. They don't want us to realize that at the end of the day, they don't care about any of us. In fact, a lot of these elites, I think, hate us. They hate us. So they would much rather, yes, have us at each other's throats, you know, than we'll paying attention that. to the fact that they can't stand any of us. And they, they probably think there's too many of us, too, on the planet. Yeah, Bill Gates does. Yeah, he certainly does. So, by the way, as a fun side note, a lot of people are like, it's really like a popular thing to to like be in a city and be like, oh, it's overpopulation. Drive 15 minutes outside of the city, and you'll start realizing there are large swaths of untouched land. Oh yeah, in the world. Yeah, everywhere yeah. in the huge, what? huge. That's why. California, you know what I mean? Like if you, oh, San Francisco and LA. Okay, go to go to Ver, uh, Versailles or Versailles, California. Go to Visalia. Go to like, uh, uh, there's huge tracts of land forever and, and that stretch yeah. out for I'm hours. from New Jersey. So I'm from the tiniest little, most densely populated state. And so when you think, oh, it's the most densely populated state, like, man, it must be crowded. Yeah, the cities are. Right. But like my friend who bought a house recently, right outside of Alexandria, Brent and I drove over there to visit, you know, you go and you leave the city area, New Jersey, and you drive up into the countryside. It's beautiful. It's farmland, it's lots of space in between the homes, lots of land that's not even inhabited. You know? Pennsylvania. Yeah. Take a drive through Pennsylvania, yeah. nothing but trees. Oh, yeah. Pennsylvania. Yep. I went, that's I where Brent's from. He's from Pennsylvania. Yeah, we used to yeah. say like uh, Philadelphia and Pittsburgh with Alabama in between. <laughs> yeah, I, I drove through P Philadelphia. It took me two seconds. It's like that small. Like what the fuck? Like, and then it's just trees upon trees upon trees upon trees. It's crazy. Yeah. So it's like, okay, uh, are we actually overpopulated? I don't think so. There's no, I think we're mismanaged. 
We're mismanaged. Oh. We're mismanaged. Yeah. And, and part of the mismanagement is through ourselves. Yeah. Um, uh, one of the other weird aspects about me um, is, is not weird, but different than you would think from a, from a conservative. I'm not really a conservative, but you know what I'm saying. Um, conservative. I'm conservative. Is that I'm spiritual as fuck. Same. Right? We are too. The thing is, is that that management comes from me. Right. I can choose with my perspective. That's the, the other benefit of no ad dollar day is I get away and the world continues to go on. And if I look outside, even though the world is burning, most people are perfectly fine. Most people right. are just trying to get along and doing fine and did it's fine. Go get some coffee, go sit in the sun, relax, relax. Oh, Hasn't ended yet. Breathe, motherfucker. Still you know, here. It's still here. Yeah. And and um uh, uh, the management of my perspective comes comes from comes from my job. But the thing is, is that these people think, oh, that was the thing. Louise Hay. You ever heard of Louise Hay? No. It's uh, familiar. It's yeah, she, my brain. She's big old. She's big old fucking uh, positive affirmation shit. And listen, I, nowhere have I ever gone into any spiritual thing without kicking and screaming. Okay, so I don't I don't take it lightly. Like, oh, it's the secret. No, 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 no. Louise Hay is a badass bitch and, and she passed away a couple of years ago. But one of the things she said actually in the meditation this morning I was listening to it is this idea that there has there are an, there are six six and a half billion people in this world, and yet there are people who are lonely. Do you think it's because there aren't enough people, or do you think it's maybe because our mismanagement of our connections and our perspectives, right? There's enough food. We throw out fucking tons of food every year it's not a, a lack of food it's a lack of management it's a lack of correct management and a, a lack of of love and a lack of whatever you want to call it right so again it goes down to population there's too many people no 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 i don't think so i think it's just it's hard to get a gauge on us and when you get enough money i made a meme once of creepy fucking Zuckerberg. By the way, isn't it interesting that almost all of these people are unfuckable? Isn't that interesting? Yeah, isn't there's there's got to be a correlation yeah. in there somewhere. There might be. There might be something to wanting to rule the world and control other people's opinions and stuff with being unfuckable. I don't know. Interesting. We should do some studies on that, though. Yeah, high trans people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> cancel them. Cancel DR. Cancel. Hey, people. listen. I've had a, a, my friend, my friend Jess Morgan, uh, uh, a funny uh, trans comedian. She's been on my show. I don't mean her her i'm saying like the motherfucker <laughs> who are they them um uh Zer, bitch oh side note why are there three sections to trans shit if you say he then we're gonna say his and and you know what i'm saying like why would you say his her and or her hers and theirs like that or like why is that you know what i'm saying like once you say or maybe even two why would you say his and she and she she do you understand what I'm saying? They like, weren't why? special, man. They just they exactly. I can't think of any other reason why to to make up these new words and and to display it too in your bio. It's just like, man, like if someone calls you the wrong thing, correct them. It's like, what are you going to wear it on your shirt too when you go outside? Because it's like it's the same thing as putting it in your bio. As far as I'm concerned, they don't have an identity anymore. Right. It's the same with the the COVID shit. BLM, MAGA too. Same thing with MAGA. Like you go on these people's bios and you yeah, look at their bio. They glom on to yeah. an external structure. Their identity becomes the ideology, ideology and the individuality gets obliterated. So you, you know, you read their bio and that, that is who they are like BLM, right. Or, you know, they have a little 
shot emoji in their Twitter name and it tells you their vaccination status, <laughs> you know, shit like that. It's like it becomes their identity, their individuality is lost. You go on my page, it tells you what I do. Doesn't tell you that I'm gay, doesn't tell you my pronouns, doesn't tell you my political affiliation or any of that stuff. It tells you I write, tells you I paint things, tells you I make music. Right. The other stuff you want to find out about that other stuff, engage in my art. Talk to me. Watch the show. I'm not going to display it on there so people know, like, hey, you're in my tribe and I'm in your tribe. And it's weird, you know? And if people want to do it, that's fine. But I think they should recognize that that's kind of what they're falling into is they're falling into these little ideological camps and they feel a need to signal to others that they're a part of that. And maybe it's to feel special, but also I think part of it is to attract other friends and people in that same kind of way right. of thinking, you know? And towards the end of that, underneath that, what is that? It, it, is, it is a loneliness and it is a desire to feel a part of, but yeah. right underneath that, because that's always been a human thing, right? Mobs have always been horrendous motherfuckers. It's another beast altogether. It's not human when mobs do, mob do, mob does what mob wants to fucking do, right? Yeah. And part of the, we get swept away. Human, human nature is human nature. Yeah. Look at Jan I, 6, look at the riots, you know? I'm going to say, I kind of think we're right on time as far as from a, from a step back spiritual aspect level, human connection level, I think we're right where we're supposed to be. I agree. Because of course, it's going to be fucking weird when we have this other media called social media where we're figuring out, right? Of course, there's going to be a lot of people waking up and a lot of people who are scared of stepping on, uh, uh, of stepping outside the boundary that has already been, you know, it's scary. It's scary. It's scary to come out as non-liberal. It's scary to speak up. It's scary. It's not just, oh, my family. It's, it's also, it, what, how many people, uh, you know what I mean? There's a lot, this is complicated. And I kind of think we're doing okay with it. I know it sounds fucked up for me to say it. I kind of feel like we're doing all right, given the circumstances, given the circumstances. I think it's, pretty cool to see a lot of people. I even get a lot of secret messages from people saying, you're doing great. People who I knew a year and a half ago were like, oh, Pete's lost his mind. You know, uh, uh, I mean, side note, just as a fun side note, the only people who have ever called me a Nazi are white motherfuckers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, shocker. So surprised. And and part of that as well, I think the reason going to that point you were talking about earlier about um, why is younger generation when for years, maybe rightfully, maybe not, we in the media and on TV and movies, blah, 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 we have uh, exalted these, the intentions and the actions of the 60s, right? And people being against the Vietnam War and people being against war and people being civil rights, let people sit on the front of the bus, blah, 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 right? even anti-apartheid, you know, 30 years ago in the 90s. Um, or 20, whatever. Um, so the bottom line is we exalted, maybe rightfully so, the actions and the intentions of those people. But we've romanticized those motherfuckers so much that yeah. now everybody wants to feel like they're anti-establishment. It's true. Even if they are working for the establishment. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm rage against the machine. Bitch, fuck rage against the machine. Are the machine. Yeah. Are. No, you don't have to tell us, man. That, that <laughs> I'm done with them. I, I already posted about them and all that shit. And not just that. Can we also address, uh, 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 as, as musicians, can we address the fact that they've been one fucking song their entire fucking career? It's, oh, drop D. Wow, Tom Morello, you did a drop, drop D. D. Thanks a lot. 
How fucking are you? We're one emotional note, every fucking song. No, no love songs, no sex songs. No, no it's going just to all party. political rage and anger, which can only go so far, you know? It can only go so far. I don't think Zach De La Rocha is actually an artist. I don't think he actually gives a fuck. I don't think he actually gives a fuck. And a perfect example of that is he ain't come out with new shit since Raids Against the Machine because I'm so, I'm so special. What are you, fucking Axl Rose, bitch? fucking put stuff out but no no yeah. i'm so my voice and i've heard from people by the way who spent time with him that he's a cunt so, <laughs> fuck zach de la rocha fuck los angeles fall into the fucking ocean you fucking turd right. <laughs> yes yeah oh, man. yeah anyway yeah it's i don't know man it's definitely a crazy time to be alive right now and the polarization is intense but i i think i agree with you ultimately we're doing okay it could be a lot worse um you know you just you adapt you roll with the punches and it it is hard it is hard not everyone's going to be able to just speak out so easily as say people like us some people might have to work up to that but it does help to have people like us like you say you get private messages and others like oh my god thank you what you're doing you're killing it they i think they do need to see people like us courageous enough to speak out and it helps them find their courage yeah um and it's, it's the same with me it's the same with you i'm sure like there's people i've seen i know who've spoken out and you know stood for things right that have inspired me to speak out and stand for things so it's kind of like a i don't know it becomes contagious sort of yeah makes sense no yeah. i um i just looked up release hey i'm familiar she has this like book of uh you can heal your life which is what i think how i've heard of her before she writes this like these really interesting connections between like illnesses and like medical problems and like yeah. your, your emotional state right i think there's definitely there's something there like i'm not gonna like dive deep into like her or whatever but i definitely think that there can be like a connection like between heart disease and uh you know, being miserable maybe your entire life, you know, is it doesn't, it wouldn't surprise me if you were like, all of a sudden, you know, if you work a job that you hate for like decades, maybe you're going to get a heart problem because just the way that that job makes you feel. So. And also I think it's another uh, fantasy of, of the modern day left that, okay, now, now we really know what's going on. You know, back in <laughs> medicine, they had no idea what they were talking about ever. There's no, I'm not saying that it solves all things. I mean, they fucking used leeches to, you know, whatever. Leeches, yeah. They, they <laughs> I'm, I'm reading about uh, uh, English history and they would literally, they would be trial by, uh, 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 fuck, what is it called? Trial by uh, test or something like that, where they would like, okay, we're going to make you hold a hot, like a burning hot metal for a given amount of time. And when you let it go, after a few days, we're going to bandage it up. After a few days, if there's gangrene, that means you're guilty. And if there's not gangrene, that means you're innocent. I've, right? I've heard of this. Right. I'm not saying <laughs> that that it's is the same with like witches and, and do they float or sink? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm not saying that all Eastern medicine, whatever, but to, to say that there's nothing valid in that. And now we really know what's even though the even though uh, the uh, FDA uh, or Pfizer uh, recalled Chantix after letting it be uh, in the, in the, in the uh, public sphere for us since 2006, they recalled yeah. Chantix, but no, no, no. Now we really know Western say, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're really serious, you know, right. and you can't question it. It's like, eh, you know what I mean? But they're anti-establishment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to, I just remembered a point I wanted to come back to was the, the sixties and seventies. And you, you talked about 
you know, the romanticization of that. And I, I think that's a really good point. I think that is what we're seeing in the modern time. And I know when I went to school, I learned a lot about that time period. And yeah, there is something I think romantic about it. I was more activisty in college. And I think there's a part of us when we're young, especially that wants to like, we want to feel like we're going to change the world. We want to feel like we're a part of something. So I described like the, the modern movements that we're seeing as in a poem, I've described it as this before, but it's sort of like a, like a drunken hangover of the 1960s and 70s where that's still very fresh in our memory, but a lot of those people are older now and now the younger generation who look up to that time, they, they want their cause. You know, they, they want their thing they to got fight FOMO. for. Yes, they got FOMO. They're like, oh my God, we missed out. And like, look at all the... So it's like now they, they have to view the country as just as bad as it was back then, if not worse. So they have something to fight for and to fix. Mixed but, with... Yes. What's, what's bad about that is that it... <laughs> it creates this like negative feedback loop where it's impossible for them to then acknowledge any strides that we've made since. Right. It's like, we've never made any strides. Things are just as bad. Black people are being hunted down in the streets and the lynchings and this and that. It's like, they're, they're acting like, like we haven't even progressed at all. Like, like America is just a big, big old piece of shit and it hasn't changed at all or improved at all. And that's just, it's delusional. It's like, it's just not reality, you know? Mixed with the fact that, um, have you ever seen the uh, documentary uh, A Century of Self? Yes. Yeah. I was talking, uh, <clears throat> stop. Uh, one of our, our last guests, actually, right. Paul Lesserone, I was on his show last month and we had a nice conversation about that documentary about Edward Bernays, whose book I have right here. Propaganda. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't read it. I want to, uh, but like, read it. It's good. And, and how, companies and it's not even malevolence i believe it's mostly just okay i'm desperate to keep my job i'm desperate mm -hmm. to make more money i'm desperate to whatever i'm so uh, and everybody else is doing it so i'm going to do it too but these ad companies these horrible marketing cunt whatever's are utilizing whatever they're going to utilize and one of the things they're utilizing is look at how woke i am as bill hicks used to say oh the this dollar and the that dollar oh he's right. he's angry and the, oh he's got the angry he's going for the angry dollar now <laughs> we're going for the woke dollar the woke dollar. I love Bill Hicks, by the way. Yeah, we they're for the woke dollar. And so it's not even necessarily malevolence. I think it's just, well, everyone else is playing this game. I have to play this game too. But yeah. it's our responsibility. Same thing as perfect. Uh, uh, I got to go in a few minutes too. But like perfect thing as well. Uh, Netflix is not taking down Dave Chappelle. Yeah. Right? They don't actually have morals. Yeah, that's money. It comes down to money. Right. What can they sell? Yeah. So a good example from Bernays, you know, one of the things Bernays was doing back in the early um, 20th century was he was working with corporations, also politicians, as a consultant, a propaganda consultant, I guess. And he was part of the early push to get women to smoke. And so during the early women's liberation movement, and they, they talk about this century of the self, I believe, in that documentary, um, you know, cigarette companies are trying to figure out, like, how do we sell more cigarettes? And they knew that there was this whole demographic they haven't tapped into with women. But at the time, it was still very frowned upon for women to smoke, especially in public. You know, they only did it in private. So they organized an ad campaign and they organized a protest and they contacted the papers and all the press and they told them to be there so they could have their photo op. And they had a group of women march in public smoking cigarettes 
and they had the papers there to get the pictures and to publicize the whole event. And they used the cigarette as a sort of symbol for women's liberation. And they, I think the headline was like torches of freedom, something like that. Nice. <laughs> the light the cigarette was like to show like, hey, I'm a modern liberated woman right. who, you know, is not going to cater to any view of how men think and I again, should act and behave. They and, didn't care. But, but they didn't care. At the end of the day, it had nothing to do with women's liberation. They just wanted to sell more cigarettes. Well, it's, the same, it's the same yeah. with Netflix and how you yeah. know everybody's all up in arms over friggin' Dave Chappelle and yeah. his jokes. But you know, when cuties came yeah. out, it was like these same people were, what were complaining they? about that or they were you know, they were they were you know chewing that on saying that it was you know it's you know exposing women's issues and meanwhile they've got 12 year olds twerking on the tv i'm just like <sighs> the hypocrisy and and not only that uh, tom segura got in charge in trouble he was the last one you know, no one's gonna say retard anymore the, the r word is nowhere you know Get, the office has had not only do they say retard on it multiple times they say faggy they say they uh, michael scott makes chinese eyes and yes they take away the fucking oh no we're gonna take down blackface because that's offensive you right. don't give a fuck you just want money and yeah. so we take their money because that's they only get paid with our fucking attention it's true they only get paid with our attention so yeah, yeah. Well, that's why it's really important that we all realize that we have a lot more power than we sort of tend to think with with what we give our attention, where where our dollars go, how we spend our money and time. Yeah. And to have conversations like this to yeah, totally. talk about these things. We really are heroes, I think, at the end of the day. We're just I, I, don't, I don't know if I'm going to call myself a hero, but I hey, man, I'm, I'm doing I'm like, my best. <laughs> we're talking about heretics. I'm like Jesus. You know, I'm like Jesus. <laughs> I turn over the tables, right? I fucking yeah. hang out with prostitutes, right? Yeah. That's a good yeah. place. That's a good place to end yeah. it. Keep, keep, it. keep the money changers out. Let everybody know where they can find you. Um, so my uh, uh, mostly weekly show uh, uh, is called Conservatish. I put it on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube. It's available other places, but mostly the main engines are uh, YouTube. And you can find me. Uh, at my link tree all over the place um, has all of my, you know, YouTube and PayPal and all that bullshit. And my website, peterfeliciano.com uh, is where you can buy merch uh, like this. It's okay if we disagree on politics, this lovely Love it. Yeah, as, like as, shirt. Shirt, as well as a shirt on uh, uh, that Mike always wears called Eat a Dick Liberal Karen. That's one of my- Love that shirt. <laughs> oh, you made shirt. that. I did. That's a good <laughs> shirt. Um, and uh, and uh, so, uh, and then you can find me on Instagram at Peter underscore Feliciano and also my backup at Conservatish. Uh, and I'm on Twitter at uh, Rule62 Peter. So, awesome. yeah, thank you. Dude, Peter, thanks so much for talking with us. Like, this was a really engaging conversation. We'll have you on again, man. And we would love to come on to your show. That would be fun cool. too. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. And Dude, we'll talk. We'll talk more about uh, 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 dick swallowing. That's yes. what <laughs> barely mentioned any balls or any. <laughs> no balls, no dicks. Not enough. Not enough. All right. Enough Peter, take care, man. Have a nice day, dude. See All you. Right. You too, gentlemen. Take care.